1: The Morning Grind. Stevie TPFL and company are here to jumpstart your analysis on today's DFS Slate. Let's go! Without further ado, here's your host, Stephen Young. Hey everyone,
2: welcome to the Roto-Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's Friday, it is July 12th, it's 2019, and we have 13 baseball games to talk about here on today's slate. I'm joined. By my buddy Genie for 07. Grant, how are you doing, my friend?
1: I'm doing good. It was a nice little week long break. I had some fun. I watched some Netflix. I I went out. I stayed in. I I did everything in between. It's it's been a good week, but I'm I'm ready to get back to baseball. It's been weird not having any work or the possibility of work for several days.
2: Yeah, it's actually been really nice to have a few days off, went on vacation with the family. Uh, got home today, leave again to go on what, what the fun people are calling a baby moon tomorrow. Um, you know, I guess it's like a a romantic getaway before your wife has the baby or something along those lines, but, uh, excited to spend some time with my wife before our new baby gets here in a couple months. So yes, baby
1: grant knee for young. (laughs)
2: good all-star break indeed uh like you i'm ready to talk some baseball get back in the swing of things here um if you guys haven't checked out our sponsor they got a big contest going on over there today it's fantasydraft.com sign up to the roto grinders links that way you get access to three months of roto grinders premium for fantasy draft plus you'll get three months of roto grinders premium for fantasy draft i said it twice didn't i anyway um (laughs)
1: You do i not get it. naming rights rights i really want to know i thought i had naming rights on your kid i may no. remember making a bet with you like six years ago you probably don't remember but it, it's it's binding it's legally binding
2: I was. I was we we're going through stuff um in my old office closet and you know trying to get it ready because that's going to be the baby's room i moved to the front room in the house and um, i found an old playboy mansion um towel that fandle like sends you when you
1: qualified um today it was interesting so
2: anyway yeah, I've, I've
1: got i've got quite a few of those random things hanging about my house
2: i found a star street hoodie um star it's street hoodie and a um draft street hoodie um well i was moving stuff around but all right you guys are ready for us to talk some baseball it's been a few days uh let's jump into the slate we start with Toronto at New York, Aaron Sanchez, Domingo Herman. Uh, any interest here in Aaron Sanchez?
1: I'm on team never play Aaron Sanchez, and going against the Yankees, it's an absolute no, not good strikeout rate. Terrible walk rate, gets a lot of ground balls, but the Yankees are just too darn good.
2: Yeah, and the Yankees have a bunch of flyball hitters, Hicks, Sanchez, Didi, E5, Torres. They're all fly ball guys, so uh, going to be a spot that I stay away from Sanchez like you. You know, the guy, 18% K rate on the season, but a 13% walk rate. Swingy strike rate under 9%. I like to see that over 10%. So really, really nothing standing out here for me on Aaron Sanchez. Domingo Herman on the other side, 3.63 XFIP, 26% strikeout rate this season. A lot of strikeouts in this lineup. Any interest here in Herman?
1: I mean, the numbers are definitely there. though The price tag is a little bit restricted at 10.1K. We don't know if he's going to go over ninety pitches in any given start. He can be a little bit efficient. And yes, there's some upside going against this Toronto team, but I like a few options in the mid tier. So I'm probably just gonna X out uh Domingo and just go with guys that are cheaper. I'd rather go up to Cole or go down to a lot of other guys.
2: Yeah, the price point not the best. Um I don't think it's a terrible matchup by any means. And I do think he probably approaches ninety pitches here. I don't know if he'll go over like what you were saying. I think he ends up close to ninety. Um you know, he's a guy that I really want to see him go out and dominate a game. It was nice seeing him get six strikeouts, have a good game against the Mets last time out. But I really want to see him go out and dominate a game um, ever since the injury. So I don't think he's a bad play here. I'm not going to talk anybody off of him. But like you, I think there's better options either going up or going down here in this spot. Stock bats. Anything stand out to you here on the Toronto side of things?
1: No. Domingo's a good pitcher and – like, Toronto's not really a great lineup. Um, it's been played in New York, so yes, it's a decent pitcher's ball, or hitter's ballpark, but so is Toronto, so they don't really get an upgrade for the bats. Like, looking at the price tags, Smoke and Vlad are both a little cheap, so you can go with them if you want, just like, you can go with them pretty much any day, but like I said, Domingo's good to both sides of the play. He does give a little bit of hard contact, so you could potentially get a cheap bomb out of those guys, but outside of them, no real interest in anyone.
2: Uh, yeah, I'm with you. I don't really see much here. Maybe a Vlad Guerrero home run derby narrative, um, but that's really it. As far as the, the Yankees go, I, I honestly, I think you can stack the Yankees here. Like I said, there are a bunch of fly ball hitting guys against a guy that generates a ton of ground balls, but also is a guy that can give up some home runs when he's facing fly ball pitcher or hitters. So don't mind the Yankees here, especially at home um, against Sanchez and this bad bullpen.
1: Yeah, I mean, the Yankee stack is in play pretty much every single day, and their price tags aren't, honestly, too bad. I mean, Lemay is the only one over up over 5K. It's a slate in which Coors is on it uh, with decent pitchers, so pivoting off of them is never really a really bad idea. I mean, yeah, target the fly ball guys to the middle of the order. Hicks, Sanchez, Didi, Encarnacion, Torres. Those are the guys I would probably go with. They the most likely scenario of hitting a bomb, but even though Sanchez doesn't really give up a whole lot of home runs, um, he can here. But the big thing is the Toronto bullpen is really not great. A guy like Sanchez that can walk a whole bunch of guys, especially going up against a very good Yankees team, he could be out of the game pretty early, and that Toronto bullpen could come in and really just, Yankees could just light him up. So I'm fine with the full stack. I don't mind anyone, honestly, one through nine in this entire lineup. Any of them are, all systems go for me because walks equal runs, equal blowout, equal bad bullpen. Yeah, and
2: you know, don't be afraid to wrap it around um, when the Yankees stack or any popular stack. People don't like to wrap around stacks, so using Gardner, LeMahieu, Judge, Hicks, Sanchez. If you want to go nine, one, two, three, four, uh, just to be a little different, is always an interesting strategy to be different with a popular stack. We move on. We got the Rays and the Orioles here. Yanni Torinos against Dylan Bundy. Um, any interest here in Torinos?
1: I mean, I don't hate it. His price tag of 8-4 is a little bit too expensive. He's a good real-life pitcher. He hasn't been fantastic recently after putting up just a few great outings earlier on. It's a good matchup, though. There is a bunch of Ks in this lineup. I'd like to wait and see what lineup to actually come out with. Obviously, Chris Davis being in there gives you a little bit extra strikeout upside. But he's just a mediocre strikeout pitcher, and he's getting a big ballpark downgrade going over to Baltimore. So he's in my player pool, just he's not the top option for me.
2: Yeah. Um, anytime you're looking at Trinos, uh, you know, he's a guy that can go out and dominate starts. I do like the fact that he's thrown over a hundred pitches in four of his last six um, games. So I think that's really good. I think 8,400 is a fair price tag. I don't really love any pitchers on this slate. I think there's a bunch of playable pitchers instead of like guys that I love. So he's a playable pitcher for me on this slate. If it's the right-handed heavy lineup, plus Chris Davis and some of these other guys with massive strikeout rates. Um, I I think it's a bump to Torinos as well. So I don't mind him. Again, I like playable guys today. Um, Dylan Bundy on the other side of this game. We always know Bundy has some strikeout upside. Do you have any interest in, in Bundy here?
1: Bundy's kind of always in play for tournaments today. I don't know if he is. It's being played over in Baltimore. I like to play him a little bit better when he's over in a good pitcher's ballpark, but Baltimore is definitely not that. And this Tampa Bay team has a good amount of power here. I think he gets shelled, and his strikeout rate is much lower versus lefties than is versus righties, and there's probably going to be four or five lefties in the lineup here.
2: Yeah, um, I, I think there's too much power here, not enough strikeouts. There are a bunch of strikeouts toward the bottom of this order. Um, but, like, Nate Lowe, for instance, has a 22.7% K rate on the season, but he's a guy that was crushing the ball in AAA. Talked about it on the Friday podcast right before we left uh for the all-star break i hope you guys played him into the weekend because he's just a guy that was crushing in triple a got called back up and just continued to crush uh so not a lot of weaknesses in this lineup outside maybe towards the bottom of it so i i certainly don't love this spot for bundy you know with the yankees having a seven implied total i don't think a lot of people will be looking elsewhere outside of like the yankees red sox dodgers cores uh so I don't mind getting a few Tampa bats here against Bundy. Just kind of searching for those home runs.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love the Tampa bats. Um, like Baltimore's bullpen is still bad. Bundy, like he's giving up a whole lot less hard contact to lefties and a whole lot less hard contact to righties. But the the home runs are absolutely still there. He has a 301 ISO versus righties, a 170 ISO versus lefties. He's incorporating that change up a little bit more towards lefties but that doesn't really matter too much with these guys that have power here, and especially the guys that don't really hit fly balls a ton but have power. So guys like Meadows, Pham, like Diaz, Lau um, are all very good options. Even Adamus is one of the more interesting options. This is a guy that does not hit a whole lot of fly balls. He actually has a bunch of power, but he's a 52.9% ground ball guy. Um, and I'm fairly certain that he's just way too cheap over on DK, over on fantasy draft. He's priced at just 3,400. So, like going with Lau, going with uh, Adamus, going with Fam Meadows are all great options. Kiermaier is a little bit too expensive at 4.6, but I don't mind throwing him into my stack. Same with Diaz, who's bat- should be batting fourth and is also a little bit expensive. But you can get a cheap, cheap Tampa Bay stack um, with a whole lot of power and. I mean, honestly, their chances of hitting home runs is pretty much all the way up and down, just as good as the Yankees. In all honesty, they might not end up with as much points, but the home run possibilities are all there.
2: Yeah, looking at the you know massive ground ball guys like you mentioned, Fam, Diaz, um, Adamus, um, all guys that I really like here. Um, you know, Fam probably being my favorite. Um, Baltimore side of things, I always don't mind, you know, looking at a lefty power bat against Torino's. So the problem is they don't really have a ton of left-handed power in this lineup, you know, maybe Cisco, but he's a massive strikeout power guy. Um, I was trying to see what his price was. He is 4,300. I, I don't like to play that much for catchers, catcher, so probably going to stay away from Baltimore here.
1: Uh, Chris Davis is 3100. I'll mention that. I won't suggest him, but I'll just mention it. Yeah, I'm not really <laughs> playing anyone.
2: Oh man, moving on. We got the Mets and the Marlins seven and a half total here. Jason Vargas against Caleb Smith. Smith, a slight favorite. Um, any interest here in Vargas?
1: You know me, I'll play Vargas, and he finally gave up four runs in a game. It's it's or no, he only gave up three. Wow, yeah, still has like 13 straight starts where he has yet to give up more than three earned runs he's going up against Miami team that doesn't really strike out a huge clip but there's enough strikeouts in the lineup and Vargas is like his numbers are just weird I don't understand it I don't get it but he's 7800 the real life results are there pretty much every single start And he's going up against Miami in Miami so one of the best possible matchups and one of the best possible ballparks he does they don't walk at a high clip which Vargas you worry a little bit about his 9.8 percent walk rate and outside of Walker no one walks over like a seven percent clip in this lineup versus lefties so i really like vargas in this matchup i will be using quite a bit of him and if if the last 14 starts are indicative of anything i'm probably going to be fine
2: yeah honestly i i think for vargas here it's really just going to come down to Babip. um is Babip going to be on the side there's gonna be a lot of ground balls here uh, if Babbitt's on his side, he probably has a good game here. If he is like, if he gets like a 450 Babbitt period, he's probably going to give up three runs, not have a great fantasy day. So I, I think it's a, a higher variance spot just because there's just going to be so many ground balls. Are they fielded cleanly? Are they in gaps? Um, you know, does he struggle to walk people? I don't think this is a bad spot for him at all. Um, he's certainly another playable pitcher here at 7,800. Uh, going to the other side of this game, Caleb Smith's probably my favorite pitcher on the slate, You know, just considering price, considering strikeout upside, considering, considering this lineup. Um, he's probably just my favorite play. I know when you look at the overall numbers, we don't see a ton of strikeouts here, but when we dig into it a little bit more, you know, especially looking from 2018-plus, to get a larger sample size against lefties. There's plenty of upside in this matchup here for Caleb Smith.
1: Yeah, and honestly, one thing that we worry about with him quite a bit is home runs, Uh, giving up a 40% hard contact rate on the season, and Alonzo can hit one anywhere. He's probably going to hit one if he actually hits the ball at all, but Caleb Smith still has a 14.4% swing strike rate on the season. He had 95 pitches before the All-Star break, so he should be up around 100 during this start here. He's going up against a Mets team that – is right about league average in strikeouts for the year versus lefties but like his last four starts two home runs, three home runs, two home runs, one home run. So he's and he's allowed a home run in nine straight starts here. He's playing over in Miami against a team that doesn't have that much power outside of Alonzo Caleb Smith. Like if ownership was not a thing, I'd roster him 100%. I wouldn't even think about it. With ownership, I think there's another guy around the same price range that could steal enough from it. that I'm probably gonna be using a whole lot of Kip Smith too.
2: Yeah, and like he's he's faced his team once this season already. Um close to opening day, it was April 1st, so a long time ago. And he pitched really well in that spot. So I think that you know, this is obviously a spot that he could go out and pitch well. Um, you know, he's had a couple starts against this team actually. And the strikeouts have certainly been there for him. So I, I do think this is a spot that, you know, we could see some upside from Caleb Smith and, you know, he's just a guy, like, like I guess I don't really love anybody on this slate. So when I'm looking at his price range at 8,600, I know I can save some money and um, get a guy with some upside. As far as the Mets bats go, you kind of talked about it already. Like the one guy that I really want to play here is Alonzo. Um, and, you know, he's just, he's so expensive. But he's not like overly expensive at 4900 He's not like 5900 here.
1: Yeah. Um, and, I mean, like I said, Kettle Smith has a 241 ISO versus righties so far this season. Alonzo versus lefties, 475 ISO this season. This guy is good. Home run derby narrative, if you will. I know you mentioned that earlier with Vlad, but this guy actually won it. We won't talk about what actually happened there because it's still ridiculous to me. But in any case, this guy hits bombs. He hits bombs a lot got 30 on the season he's going up against a guy that's allowed a home run in nine straight starts and is averaging about almost two in that span so even over in miami i don't care i'll use some alonzo he's under 5k but outside of him i really have no interest in anyone
2: yeah, that's where i'm at like he, he he's where i'll draw my line um i don't really see a reason to play any of these other bats um anybody from the marlins that you want to play here against vargas
1: um no one in particular and i don't stack against Cyborgus.
2: <laughs> i don't mind you know maybe like a cheap bat if you need to finish something off but i'll be honest like a lot of these guys are priced you know up a little bit compared to where they've been a lot this season probably my favorite play is alfaro he's 3600 he's a catcher with power upside He has 10 home runs on the season so if i was going to end up on anybody it'd probably be him but again i don't this is probably my favorite game for pitchers just in a, in general has the lowest total on the slate for a reason minnesota at cleveland nine total kyle gibson mike clevenger clevenger is a 140 favorite here um any interest in kyle gibson
1: i mean his price tags a little bit intriguing i know he hasn't been fantastic as of recently but i mean it's not the worst matchup in the world i mean cleveland's a good hitting team and but they have some strikeouts down near the bottom his price tag of what is it, Uh, 7,800, 7,600 is a little bit too cheap. I think that he's in play. I'm a little bit worried about how late he'll go into the game, but he's definitely a guy that's on my list. This 7 to 8K range, though, is stacked.
2: Yeah, he's a guy that I think is okay, like you. I think the problem here is the top five guys just don't strike out that often, um, and and that's going to be a thing where when we start digging more and more into this price range, we're going to see more strikeout upside, so... I do think there's plenty of strikeouts towards the bottom. uh, But like Bowers and Bradley, the guys that do strike out towards the bottom of the order, even though their power numbers don't say it, they both have power. So, you know, there's always that opportunity for those guys to, you know, mess your pitchers up by hitting home runs. And even though you're searching for the strikeouts, there, you know, just getting hurt by the long ball. Um, The other side of this game, Clevenger, you know, What's your thoughts here on Clevenger? Because, you know, we kind of saw him struggle in in his first game back against Baltimore, but then went out against Kansas City and, you know, threw 79 pitches and had nine strikeouts in six innings. So I'm really, like, on the fence with him in this spot. I mean, it all
1: came down to bad, but looking at him versus Baltimore, he gave up, what, five hits versus, like, 12 batters. Um, He did walk a few guys, so obviously we – can sometimes worry about getting a little bit uh, wild, but he had three walks in his last two starts, and a lot of that came down to BABIP and bad luck at the bad time. Uh, so going up against uh, this team, it, they're, they're a very good team, but Clevenger still has a ridiculous strikeout rate on the season here. He's got a 1.84 XFIP, which is still ridiculous to me, even though it's not a huge sample size. But he's pitching well, and with no walks against Casey, going up against Minnesota, he's not going to have a whole lot of ownership. At 9,600, he's in play. I think I'd rather go up to Cole, but like if I have enough money to get up from Caleb Smith to Clevenger, there's a decent shot that Clevenger outscores Caleb Smith at much, much lower ownership.
2: You See, that's what the thing is for me, is when I'm looking at potential high-owned guys, I see – smith getting ownership in a low total game and i hate playing pitchers against minnesota i think they're a really good team so i i think a lot of people will think that way and will potentially get you know pretty good ownership here on clevenger and that's kind of one of the reasons why i think he's a good tournament play but i also think that like a minnesota stack is not out of the question either but i i do think that clevenger is worth a look at tournaments um you know, when we're looking at this price range. What's your thoughts here on the Minnesota Bats?
1: I mean, they're always in play. Clevenger could get a little wild. Babip could not land on his side, but there's no one really in particular that I want to go with. I mean, Clevenger is just a good pitcher, but Minnesota is a very good team. I mean, you can take Kepler, you can take Polanco, Cruz, Rosario, any, or even Sano, even though he's going up against a very high strikeout rate pitcher. But, like, any of these guys have power and. Polanco, Kepler, and Rosario all have a very low K rate versus righties. So I don't mind them. I just don't think I'm going out of my way with any Minnesota bats today. Yeah,
2: they'd be a stack or fade for me. I, I don't think I'd play one-offs here. Um, I, if I'm going to play them, I'm going to hope that Clevenger just doesn't have his stuff and I'm going to get a stack. That That'd be the way that I'd attack the Minnesota side of things here. As far as the Cleveland bats go against Gibson, he does give up a ton of hard contacts. So when we're looking at this lineup, we look for the guys that have the big hard contacts. It's Lindor, it's Santana, and it's Bradley. Uh, those guys are all over 40%. I don't mind potentially looking at some of these guys, but I'm not going to go out of my way to you know play Cleveland bats here.
1: Love Kipnis. Love Kipnis. This guy is finally starting to regress in the positive direction. He was doing it before the all-star break. He had a nice little run of home runs, and he's still a very good batter. They're batting him in the middle of order. Going up against Gibson, you said it like he still goes to a whole lot of uh, hard contact and Kipnis is a good enough fly ball guy. Jose Ramirez is too cheap at 4K. I know I say that every single day, but it's just always true. Uh, going up against uh, Gibson, who doesn't give up a huge amount of fly balls and Ramirez has a 46% fly ball rate. So like, I'm fine with those two guys. And if you really want to take a one-off on Bradley, he's a little bit too cheap at, I think, 3,400. Um, The guy does have power. Gibson's just a moderate strikeout guy. He is a good pitcher, but Bradley has a 40% K rate on the season. So just going up against a moderate strikeout guy um, in decent hitting weather, like Bradley has a ton of power. This guy was having similar numbers to like Alonzo in the minors, just a higher K rate. This guy's probably going to be good. He hasn't done well at all so far this season, but the guy like small sample size versus righties, but 25 at bats, 50% hard contact rate.
2: Yeah, a bunch of power, Um, Bradley, we know that. I think he's more of a play on Fantasy Draft or FanDuel because he's first base eligible on DraftKings, and that makes it tough. I didn't realize Kipnis was so cheap, you know, batting fourth in this matchup at 3,600, very much in play here.
1: It's been every single day for, I don't know, since early 2017. Yeah, that is true.
2: Dodgers and Red Sox, eleven total. Kenton Maeda, Eduardo Rodriguez, pick 'em game, massive total. Um, any interest here in Kenton Maeda? Zero. It's kind of where I'm at. I, I think that uh, this is a spot that I'll probably stay away from him. You know, his price at 8,900 makes it really tough to have interest in him. You know, especially going to the re- facing the Red Sox. Not a guy that you know has been crushing over twenty, and uh, just like Caleb Smith more. Um, any interest here in
1: Eduardo Rodriguez? A little bit. It's not an easy matchup. Obviously, the Dodgers going from the NL to the AL. They're going to be getting a DH, so he's going to have to face likely nine pretty good batters here. Um, so, like, that's not great. They have a 5.5 implied team total. It's decent hitting weather out there, but Erod's still not a bad pitcher, and he gets a decent amount of ground balls and a whole lot of soft contact. There are some strikeouts in this lineup. Dodgers are generally a team that I – like to target lefty pitchers against them. Um, so, like, E-Rod's in place, price tag of AK is a little bit too cheap considering his upside. I'll have some ownership in him, but I don't think he's quite as good as Caleb Smith, or another guy we'll get to soon.
2: Yeah, don't hate it, don't love it. Um, he's not a bad play, by any means, but he's not the best play in the world, either. You know, there there are some strikeouts here, but you, you nailed it. Like, this team's going from the NL to the AL. Like, one of the teams that you don't want to gain a DH spot as the Dodgers. They're just very deep. They have a lot of bats. Seager's expected back here. Uh, not a team that I want to face when they're at full strength and they're pretty they're pretty healthy right now. So, probably going to not play Eduardo Rodriguez today, but I can certainly not talk you off of it either. Um, you know, Rodriguez is a guy that's been really good at limiting the hard contact. His hard-to-soft contact ratio this season is 5.8%. Um, is there any of these Dodgers bats that you're willing to play against him? Yeah, I mean, I'll even
1: full stack the Dodgers. The 5.5 run total is there for a reason. Only guy priced – no one's priced above 5K, actually. Bellinger's at 5K, but – these guys are obviously good, bad. Dave Roberts is less likely to pinch hit for guys considering they're going over from the NL to the AL, so they'll actually have the DH. So that limits a lot of the risk for a lot of these guys. Justin Turner's crushed lefties this year. He's crushed lefties last year. He's very good hitter, and I know that the home runs haven't really been there, but against lefties, he still has a 61% hard contact rate and a 52% fly ball rate. He's still a very good hitter. Kike always in play, depending on where he's gonna actually be batting at. I'm fine with targeting Muncy or Bellinger even going lefty lefty. Erod really shouldn't be a reverse splits pitcher, but he absolutely has been this year. Giving up a two seventy ISO to lefties so far. I don't expect that to continue, but even if he splits neutral, that's still like pretty good for a lefty that's gonna come in at lower ownership. I like a lot of these guys, um, even though I like Erod, but like it could go either way.
2: Yeah, I really like Bellinger here. 5K price tag, lefty-lefty matchup, 13-game slate. Don't think a lot of people will play Bellinger here, and Bellinger's just – he's good. He's good against lefties. He's good against righties. Sees the ball very well. Hit His swing is just so natural. Really like Bellinger here, 53.5% hard hit rate and 125 plate appearances against lefties this season. He's going to hit Rodriguez hard here, so – and, you know, they're the visiting team. So we might, might you know, get that fifth at bat for Bellinger um, at low ownership. So really, really like Bellinger here. And um, like you said, don't hate a Dodgers stack. And, you know, honestly, on the other side of this game, I don't hate a Red Sox stack. Uh, you know, there's certainly a team that I'm going to be looking at here. The guy that I like here is Devers. Uh, I think that with him being the highest priced Red Sox bat here, I don't think he'll get a ton of ownership. And, you know, he was just crushing the ball going into the break. You know, when we look at his last 10 games, he was having a field day. And um, he's probably one of those guys that really honestly didn't want to see the all-star break come up the way that he was hitting the ball.
1: Yeah, yeah, know, uh, right there with you. Obviously, made as much worse versus lefties than righties. 353, whoa, but compared to a 212 to righties. I, I don't mind a stack. I mean, all these hitters are actually good enough. Betts, Bogarts, JD, all these righties are still very good hitters. Um, and they're priced at a little bit too cheap considering how good they are. I know May has been very good versus righties, but best is only 4,600. JD's only 4,400. I really like the Devers call. Bogart's a little tough to stomach at 5,100, but he is a good hitter. Um, but yeah, it, it's mostly Devers is by far my favorite option. I don't mind Ben and Tendy either just because I like targeting lefties. But May is probably only going to go five innings, although going from AL to, or NL to AL may actually get a longer leash here doubtful <laughs> i mean it's dave roberts i'm not going to be surprised by anything but it's possible it's more likely that he would go more pitches but not by a drastic amount
2: i think we uh, more likely to see why did Kent get pulled in the third inning than kentai maeda's pitching in the seventh what houston at texas nine and a half total here garrett cole jesse chavez uh any interest here in garrett cole
1: I mean, you have to have interest in Garrett Cole every single slate. It is hot over in uh, Texas, but Garrett Cole is just an elite, elite pitcher here. Uh, 36% K rate, better versus lefties than righties, and there's obviously some lefties in this lineup that can strike out a pretty big clip. We got Gallo, very obvious, which could end up being a bomb. Uh, We got Odor, we got Guzman, uh, we got Chu. Like All these guys can strike out a pretty decent clip here. Overall, a pretty high strikeout team. I mean, they're much higher versus lefties than righties, but Cole, when it comes to strikeouts, is reverse splits. So you could easily just mow through everyone. The walk rate versus lefties is a little bit uh, scary, but I mean, Cole has as much upside as anyone. The 11K price tag is a little bit tough to stomach, which is why I'm looking more in the mid-range. But if you're able to afford one of these mid-range pitchers and Garrett Cole, you should absolutely do it.
2: Yeah, and there's there are you know plenty of value options that we've talked about, but yeah, Garrett Cole, phenomenal play here. Should be pitching with a lead. Um, you know the run support should be there for him, but he's definitely the top pitcher on the slate. Just pure talent, raw points wise. It's just can he do enough to pay off his price tag? And there's always enough upside when you're facing this t- team. There's a lot of strikeouts in the bottom half of this lineup. Uh, the other side of this game, uh, Jesse Chavez. Any interest?
1: Nope, he's going up against one of the best hitting teams in the league with one of the lowest strikeout rates versus lefties or versus righties. I have no interest in Chavez.
2: Yeah, I really like Houston here. Um, I'm hoping they kind of fly under the radar. I highly doubt they will. But when we look at Chavez, he's a guy that's kind of been reverse splits this season. Um, And, you know, he's given up a ton of power to right-handed bats. Throughout his career, he hasn't been reverse splits, so I'm not too worried about it. I think you can play pretty much all these guys here. So I really like this spot for Houston. And, you know, when you're looking at it, Gary L is 5,400, but everybody else is under 5K, and uh, they make a ton of sense here.
1: Yeah, Alvarez hitting in good weather against a mediocre strikeout pitcher. I'm I'm pretty happy with that, especially when he's giving up 40% hard contact. I love Alvarez. I love Brantley. I love Bregman. I love Altuve. I love Springer. All of them are too cheap. Be on the lookout. Bregman may not be in the lineup. He, I think, got hit in the face, got four stitches, but I mean, when when have stitches ever stopped anyone from playing baseball? So, pretty much everyone's in play outside of Gariel. They're priced all too cheap and they're going up against a not-great pitcher and a not-great bullpen behind them.
2: Yeah, I really like Houston. They're probably going to be the team that I end up trying to make a pivot off of the the high owned stacks today. Really like the spot for Houston, um, Texas Bats. I know it's Garrett Cole. We know there's probably a home run in here somewhere. Do you try to hunt the home run or do you just fade this team? I
1: mean, if anyone, it would be probably Chu would be the guy that I went with. Uh, Cole gives up a bit more power to lefties than righties. Granted, does strike him out a decent clip. Chu's only a twenty one percent K rate guy. But I don't think I'm going with any Texas bats. If I did, it would be two, but probably not going to go with anyone at all. They're all priced too high considering their opponent.
2: Yeah, Gallo, Boomer bust. If you want to chase the home run, don't hate it. Giants at the Brewers, 9.5 total. Sean Anderson against Chase Anderson. Chase Anderson is a 196 favorite here. Any interest in Sean Anderson?
1: Zero, 13% K-rate guy going up against a very good Milwaukee team, and he's pl- he's playing away from home. Not no chance,
2: yeah. Zero interest here in him for sure. Um, any interest in Chase Anderson
1: on the other side? This one's a little bit interesting because there's not a huge amount of uh cheap guys on the board, like below 7k, there's not really a whole lot of options that I'm interested in. So, Chase Anderson coming in at 6,300 going up against the San Francisco team, granted, they're in a butter ballpark. But they're going up against a San Francisco team that's just not great. The Paul Park's better for left-handed powers. But Chase Anderson, much better to lefties than he is for righties. Big reverse splits guy. He doesn't have a slider as an out pitch versus righties. So he just gets destroyed by them. He's got a decent changeup here. So his 23% K rate, his 6.7% walk rate. Should keep most of the lefties in check here. Uh, there's probably going to be five of them in the lineup would be my guess. Uh, maybe six is possible. But who knows? In any case, Chase Anderson's one of the few spots where you can actually get, potentially get a little bit of upside um, if he's pitching a full game and like if he doesn't give up a bomb, which he very likely could not give up a bomb.
2: Yeah, it's another one of those spots where if this game was in San Francisco, I probably would have more interest in him. There's a cheap guy that I'm probably going to end up playing over him, but I don't think Chase Anderson's a bad idea um, when you're just considering the matchup. Let's talk Giants-Bats. Honestly, I don't mind maybe looking at some of these guys just to save some money. Um, But when I was looking at it, I was like, are they cheap enough? Do you think they're cheap enough? Like the guys that you'd want to play are kind of around that 4K range.
1: The only guy I want to play is Belt. I mean, Anderson is better versus lefties than righties, but Belt is a very good hitter. Um, 50% fly ball rate guy, 40% hard contact guy and anderson gives up a bit of fly balls and hard contact so Belt's actually a good hitter he's 4k it's a little bit tougher to blame over on dk we're only at the first base spot but over on fantasy draft he's very much in play outside of him i'm just probably crossing everyone off except for like posey if i really need to punt a catcher at 3600 like i said um anderson's not very good versus righties and let me double check longoria's price yeah he's 4600 zero chance i'm using him
2: Yeah, the Giants' bats are, like, kind of priced up here. Um, Yeah, probably going to stay away. As far as the Brewers go, what are we looking at here
1: on the Brewers? Love me some Thames if he makes the lineup. He's 4,800. Zero people are going to play him. The guy has a lot of power. And he's going up against a pitcher that has given up some hard contact to lefties. And he strikes out no one. So Thames, 32% K rate is kind of irrelevant going up against an 8% strikeout pitcher versus lefties. Uh Ball's going to be put in play, so Yelich, grindal Moustakis, Thames all in play, even Braun, Kane, like Hira, all of them are very much in play. They all hit the ball hard, and Anderson's a guy that is just going to be at the fortune of BATIP this entire game. He's not playing in San Fran, he's playing in Milwaukee, it's a good Harris ballpark, so... A Milwaukee stack is very much in play. All the lefties are fantastic plays. And just generally, pretty much everyone's in play.
2: Yeah, Yelich Moustakis, probably my two favorite plays, but you know, you can make that four or five man with Grendel, Yelich, Moustakis, Thames, whether you want to do Braun or Herrera. Um, all these guys very much in play here. Detroit at Kansas City. I'm seeing two different pitchers here for Detroit. Um, I'm seeing Daniel Norris and I'm seeing Matt Boyd. Uh, they're both lefties. Uh, we know Duffy's pitching for Kansas City. Um, if it's if it's Matt Boyd, I really, really like this spot. Like He'd be a guy that I'd really have interest in. Um, trying to see if there's any kind of report anywhere else, but I'm seeing mixed reports everywhere.
1: Yeah, they're not sure. There's not a Vegas lineup for it right now, so... If it's Boyd, then, yeah, you can use Boyd. Um, Casey's not that great of an offense. There's definitely a lot of strikeouts projected, 25% K rate versus lefties. If it's Norris, the, I'm seeing Norris, I'm seeing Turnbull, I'm seeing Boyd. <laughs>
2: um, honestly, I if it's Daniel Norris, I think he's playable at 4,600.
1: Yeah, he definitely is. Not happy about it, but anytime I can get a pitcher that cheap going up against a team that has a 25% K rate versus lefty, he's very much in play. Guys, whoever if it's Turnbull, don't play it. If it's the other two guys, then go ahead and play the pitcher here.
2: Yeah, this team has a 25% K rate against left-handed pitching this season. Um, Lopez keeps it a little low there with his 14%, but really we're looking at six guys here with strikeout rates over 21% against left-handed pitching so you know daniel norris if he is the if he is the guy here he's 4600 he's cheap if you get like 13 to 15 points from him at that price like and your rest of your team does what it needs to do like he's probably going to pay off that price tag So if it's him, I don't hate him at 4,600. If it's Matt Boyd, he has a lot of strikeout upset. He's probably my favorite pivot off of Cole in that top range if it is him. So um, definitely interesting to see what happens here and uh, who they start. Uh, What are we looking at here with Danny Duffy? I love him,
1: and I hate it. It's every single time Danny Duffy's in play. Uh, He's going up against Detroit. Detroit's not very good. Kansas City's only going to be 86 degrees wall. That would be good for some other ballparks. It's really not that great when you consider summer Kansas City weather, and it's only going to be 54% humidity, which if you've been to Kansas City before, that seems a bit low. Um, So not going to be the greatest hitting conditions in the world as of right now. And there's a bunch of strikeouts in the line. I mean, you don't have a huge sample size looking at 2019. And honestly, looking back to 2018 and 19, there's still not a huge sample size of a lot of these guys. But, like, there's there's strikeouts in this lineup here. And Duffy, he's a guy that they'll allow him to go over 100 pitches here. I could easily see a 20-point outing out of Duffy going up against a not very good Detroit team in a decent pitcher's ballpark. It does press strikeouts a little bit, but there's a high enough strikeout team where I'm still fine with that.
2: Yeah, I don't hate it. Um, you know, I, I don't mind any cheap guys. You were to supposed honest. to talk me off
1: them. I was hoping you'd talk me off them.
2: Like, I, I think I like Felix Pena a little bit more uh, just facing Seattle at this point, like any pitcher that's facing Seattle, I have interest in and like Felix Pena is a guy that can go out and get some strikeouts. So for me, I think I end up playing Felix paying more. Uh, but I, I don't hate Duffy, you know, <laughs> it's just, it's, what, it's, it's what it's come to. Like, honestly, if Daniel Norris is pitching, I probably play him over both of those guys just because, um, yeah, it's, it's just it's it's that bad today down at the bottom. Yeah. Uh, as far as the Detroit bats go, I don't mind Dixon. He's the guy that's shown really solid power against lefties this season. But you know, Castianos is fine. You know, those would probably be the only two guys that end up playing here.
1: Yeah, yeah, probably the same for me. I just want guys with power, but it's not really great conditions. And Duffy may get mild. He may end up walking guys like. RBIs can happen from anyone. I don't think this is a great spot for any hitter in particular over here on Detroit, and while they may be cheap, they're not great hitters. I mean, you can throw some guys in as one-offs, throw some random bats in here, but if you want a mini stack, it, it's not the worst idea in the world. With Dixon, Castellanos, and just a real cheap bat to save some money to try and get up a double stack in there. So I don't mind – let me put it this way. I don't mind it as a mini stack for a 5-3 stack.
2: Yeah, I, I hear you. Um, <laughs> it's so ugly. Um, as far as the Kansas City bats go, if it's Norris or Turnbull, I don't mind maybe looking at some of these guys. If it's Boyd, I'll probably stay away.
1: Yeah, if it's Boyd, not using anyone. it's Norris or Turnbull, especially if Norris is going to be popular, then you can stack up these Casey bats. I mean, a lot of these guys still do have power. Um, you can use Dozier. You can use, use Mondesi. You can use... Wit, you can use Solar. like all these guys can end up with a bomb. But if it's going up against Boyd, I'm not using any of them.
2: All right, uh, moving on here, we got Arizona at St. Louis eight and a half total. Robbie Ray against Adam Wainwright. Um, any interest here in Robbie Ray?
1: You don't play chalk Robbie Ray. That being said, I'm playing chalk Robbie Ray. He's 7,900, it's too cheap. He's in that mid tier with a lot of other guys, but he has a 30% K rate going up against St. Louis, if O'Neal is in the lineup, that's definitely a big upgrade there, um, but, like, there there are some strikeout bats in this lineup, there are some low strikeout bats, but there's definitely some strikeout bats, and, like, I know that there's a decent walk rate for what, four of these guys over 10%, so he can easily get in trouble, um, but he's too cheap, he's just too darn cheap, He's going to be pretty
2: popular today, like you said, just because of the price tag. You know, he does have some boomer bust upside, I think is the best way to say it with Robbie Ray, um, because you never know what you're really going to get. He could go out here and dominate this game, or he could go out and struggle. You know, so I I, I certainly don't mind Robbie Ray here. The price, I I just don't understand the price tag. Like, I I don't get it. Like, why is Robbie Ray 7,900? Gone over 20 in three of his last four it just doesn't make a ton of sense to me. Um, five of the last seven, he's gone over 20. Like It's just crazy that he's 7,900 uh, when you start digging into the stats. so. Um, but he is going to be popular, uh, no doubt about it. Uh, Adam Wainwright, we know Wainwright, very good against righties, struggles against lefties. Um, I think there's enough lefties in this lineup for me to stay away from Adam Wainwright here at 8,100. I would rather play Robbie Ray for $200 less.
1: I'd rather play... Everyone around him. Um, like, Wainwright's not very good versus lefties. And there's Dyson, who's all right, but not great. But he still walks at a decent clip, which Wainwright really struggles with walks versus lefties. There's Marte, there's Escobar, and there's Lamb. All of them walk at decent clips. None of them strike out a huge clip. They're all pretty good bats. I have no interest in Wainwright in the slightest with his struggles versus lefties.
2: Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. Um, as far as the bats here, I don't mind Marte. I don't mind Escobar. And Walker, we know, has power. But that's, you know, really it. You know, eventually eventually Lamb's going to get it going. If you want a really cheap third base, first base option, Jeremy Lamb's really cheap. But, you know, he's he's not showing us much um, on the season.
1: I'm trying to find his price tag, and I can't. 35, I it, 35 yeah. gosh. Oh, Lamb's one of the better plays on the slate. I mean... You literally have a guy that has a 17% K rate, 241 ISO, 407 Woba versus lefties, and you have Lamb, a guy that used to be a very good hitter, has not played a whole lot this season, obviously, but still has a 45% hard contact rate versus righty so far this year, so it's not going to turn out too well with Wainwright, any lefty he's going against. Um, So I like Escobar, I like Marte, I like Lamb, I like Walker, even though he doesn't have the platoon split, this guy has a bunch of power. And Wainwright's still giving up a 40% hard contact rate to righties.
2: Yeah, it'd be really interesting if Alex Avelius catching, he's 3,600. He has He's hitting the ball really well this season. He's another guy that you could potentially look at here. Uh, as far as the Cardinals' bats go, you know, Martinez and Goldschmidt are probably my two favorites here. Goldie's a guy that's been good against left-handed pitching for years. Um, I don't think that necessarily is going to stop. I know we're we're expecting some massive um, positive regression in the second half of the season for Goldie. The fact that he's 3,800, it's just too cheap against Robbie Ray here.
1: Yeah, I mean, Ray has been good. He's a good pitcher, but he does get pretty wild at times. He does give up a whole lot of hard contact, and he gives up fly balls to righties. Jose Martinez and Goldschmidt are priced at 3,500 and 3,800. I swore before the All-Star break that I wouldn't play anymore Paul Goldschmidt, and now I'm breaking my promise very, very quickly. The price tag's just too darn cheap. There's not a single bat in this lineup that's priced over 4K. Like, this is way too cheap. I don't understand it. I get raises... Like, the pricing on both sides doesn't make sense. Like, why is Ray 7900 but not a single bat against him is over 4K? Like they're going to be a popular stack and they're going to be a popular double stack, but taking the power bats against a guy that can give up some power in Martinez in DeJong and Goldschmidt, like even O'Neill, a guy that has a ton of power. And I know Ray still strikes out righties at a 30% clip, but if O'Neill puts a ball in play, there's a decent chance that it's leaving the yard. I like them. I don't mind flower. I don't mind weeders. Melania just got put on the IL. Um, Probably wouldn't go wrong. Try not to target too many lefties against them, but any of these guy like outside of Carpenter, they're all righties for the first seven batters, and even Carpenter is pretty good versus lefties. So I don't mind a full stack here. They're just too cheap.
2: Yeah, they're probably my favorite cheap stack on the slate. Um, you know, if you're looking for leverage, which you should get because Ray should get some ownership here. Just looking for leverage and cheap uh, cheap stack. I, I think the Cardinals are my favorite cheap stack on the slate for sure. They're just, they're really underpriced for the upside. Cincinnati at Colorado. Sonny Gray against John Gray, 12 total. John Gray, a slight favorite. Um, any interest in either one of the grays here?
1: I um, feel like I should make some 50 Shades of Gray reference, but I've gotten that off the top of my head. So I'm just going to say no.
2: Um, Sonny Gray has a 57% ground ball rate. Does that count as a 50 shades of gray joke? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, we're out of practice here. I, I will say like looking at the bats here, you know looking at the Cincinnati side, my, my probably my favorite hitter on the entire slate is Derek Dietrich. If he cracks the lineup Grant, he is 4200 against John Gray in cores. There are some really cheap bats when we're looking at you know
1: stacking this game. Yeah, I don't quite understand that price tag. I mean, he hasn't been doing well recently, but he's 3- 4200 and Scooter Jeanette is 3800 if he's playing. Like, not a single Cincinnati bat is over 5 k playing in Coors. Uh, pricing on the slate just doesn't make sense to me, but I mean, I'd rather target lefties versus gray than righties, although both sides of the plate are completely fine. Um, so... Winker, if he makes the lineup, he's too cheap. Everyone who makes a lineup is too cheap. Let's just put it that way. Puig shouldn't even be forty nine hundred over in Coors. Like this is everyone's too cheap. It's that simple. Like Cincinnati bats, Cincinnati might be the chalk stack since they're playing in Coors and their price tag. I don't have the higher run total, but they are in probably just as good of a spot. Gray and Gray are both equally mediocre pitchers. Um, although Gray did. Dominate and destroy my night right before the All Star break. Thanks, Sonny Gray. Um, and over on the Colorado side, I mean, it's it's the main culprits. Um, Arnado and Story, like Sunny Gray's not striking out righties at nearly the clip they are versus lefties. Gray's a big curveball guy, big sinker guy. That's not going to work out too well in Coors. We know the story there. It could work out fine, but more than likely, it's not going to. So, Arnado, Story, two guys that I'd probably go with first, but Blackman. Not far behind. Um, he just happens to be slightly more expensive. And then Dahl Murphy, both of them are fine. And you can use any bat, any bat in these entire Coors games today. It's, it's it's like a lot of slates, but Cincinnati is just way too cheap.
2: They're really cheap. Like you know, when we were talking about Houston and you know, getting off a of Hu- or getting off a of Coors, um, these guys are just. It's ridiculous how cheap. Some of these bats are in this game today. You know, Dahl, like you said, forty six hundred. Murphy, forty two hundred. Like, you're probably starting your cash game lineup with Murphy and Dietrich at forty two hundred apiece. Uh, both lefties, both with a bunch of power. Um, just makes. I don't know if 10. you even have to
1: do that because Scooter's under four k.
2: Yeah, but like Scooter might not play. Um, he was dealing with a groin injury right before the IL, so.
1: You always the, just have to crap on me, don't you, Steve? Uh sorry. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, was it sad that I'd prefer? You know, I'd rather play Dietrich. I'd rather Scooter get a day off and let him heal up. He just he hasn't looked great at the plate. So, I mean, obviously this is the spot he hits three
1: home runs, but Dietrich, you can play at first. Scooter, you can play at second. There, you have eight K in salary for two guys who are probably going to hit a bomb. Guys, this like <laughs> ridiculous
2: um yeah I, I like that play both of them um i like that strategy so it's just the slate's so interesting there's just so much going on in this slate there's so many different ways to go it's it's a fun slate uh moving on seattle at la taking on the angels 10 total mike leak against uh cole followed by felix Pena. um angels are 142 favorite uh, any interest here in mike
1: leak low strikeout rate pitcher versus a low strikeout rate team and a decent ballpark now.
2: Guy that gives up a ton of home runs too. Um ton of hard contact. This is you can again, say that about
1: literally every Seattle pitcher bullpen or starting rotation outside of one, I think.
2: Isn't it weird that like the first day back from the All-Star break we get all these mediocre pitchers like oh, it's interesting. Um I I have interest in Felix Peña just because he's cheap and I think he can get 15 points.
1: No, you said it. That's pretty much it. I think you sum it up,
2: but that you know, you just look at it and that's it's summing it up.
1: I prefer Chase Anderson, I prefer Duffy, but Peña is going to be in the mix too.
2: And Anderson and Duffy probably pitch deeper into the game. Um Peña doesn't pitch deep into games. They're only letting him throw like 60 to 80 pitches right now. So I'm just hoping I go out, get four or five innings, give up a couple runs, have five to eight strikeouts. This team is just it's this lineup's bad like outside of Vogelbach like I, there's just not a lot that scares me in the Seattle lineup right now
1: yeah they got a 25 percent projected k-rate in their lineup and I mean Crawford's mashing but I don't really expect that to continue like Santana and Crawford aren't two guys that we can expect to continue which is weird because mostly hitters go to Seattle to like have a l- big down drop in their career before they get good when they leave I, I say this as a bitter Mariners fan, but I haven't haven't seen them in the playoffs for 20 years. But in any case, I digress there. Vogelbach's in play, but yeah, no one else's.
2: As uh, so far as the Angels go, this is a really interesting spot for the Angels because we know that you know Mike Trout's a, a big-time fly ball hitter against Mike Um uh, I'm I'm actually kind of curious. I'm going to pull up the BVP. What, what's your thoughts here on the Angels Why I pull up the BVP? I bet you there's BVP here between these two.
1: I mean, the three guys I prefer in the lineup are the three most or four guys are the four most expensive guys, and they're all at the same position, so you can only play three of them. Um, Trout is Trout is Trout is Trout. Probably going to be overlooked on a core slate with Blackman, Arenado, and Story, Um, and Houston guys being expensive. There's a lot of expensive bats, so Trout is still one of the better plays, if not the best play when you're talking about just raw points on the entire slate here. Like, this L.A. team has a 5.6 implied run total. And outside of the, what, top four bats, top five bats, maybe, if you want to include Justin Bohr, who's a top 35 hitter in the league. Yeah, I said that. Um, like, I, I only want the first five bats, and that total is enough to make me think that that's going to be most of their production here. So I'm good with all the outfielders. Upton's too cheap at 3,800 going up against a real trash righty who – been bad against both sides of the plate calhoun's too cheap at 4100 otani's about where he should be and so is Trout. but both of them are still great plays all these guys can hit a bomb justin Bohr is super cheap but it's at a first base position so he's probably better suited for a fantasy draft
2: you want to guess the bvp between leek and trout um 18
1: for
2: 38 hey, you're out you're like you're on it 12 for 12 for 24 Upton's 13 for 32 and Simmons is 13 for 33. Like all the, all the righties that you expect to be good against leak have been good. Luke Roy pool Host, Like it's just, it's funny when you, when you're thinking of it, like you expect it to be that way and you look at it and it's actually that way. Um, but yeah, I don't mind the top five, top six uh, really here for the angels. We've talked about it a lot through the first part of the season, but this ballpark has drastically changed this season. It's been really good for home runs and uh, power bats. Uh, White Sox and Athletics, nine and a half total. Ivan Nova against Mike Fires. Uh, Fires, a 188 favorite here. Any interest in Ivan Nova?
1: Nope. He's not good. Oakland's a good team. End of story.
2: Ivan Nova stinks. Uh, Mike Fires on the other side. Uh, any interest in him?
1: I don't want to have interest in him, but I mean, he's going up against the White Sox. White Sox versus variety so far this season. Uh, the projected lineup has about a 25% K rate. Everyone's over 20%. Everyone in the projected lineup is over 20%. And Fires is not really a huge strikeout guy. Um, generally can be a very good real-life pitcher for no reason. This is the best hitting weather on the slate. Um, it's going to be 62 and it's oakland so they're at sea level like marine layers there whatnot with how cold it is and it's the best hitting conditions or pitching conditions on the entire slate Caleb smith is a hundred dollars more but it's not the worst pivot idea in the world to go over to fires who could easily end up in the high 20s
2: yeah he's not a terrible play here i wouldn't talk you off of it he's been much better at home this season than on the road Like you said, 62 degrees, not really expecting a ton of offense in in this one from the White Sox. There are some guys that can certainly get to him here. Um, I don't think it's a safe spot by any means. I still would rather probably go to Smith or go down, but I don't think Fires is a bad play. Uh, Let's talk Bats. Anything on the White Sox side that you like here?
1: Power Bats is one-off versus Fires. Pretty much the same as always. Jimenez, Abreu, Moncada. Any one of these guys can hit bomb, but I'm not stacking up earth fires. The guy just doesn't really get beat up pretty much ever. I mean, you know, it's weird. When do you think the last time he allowed over one earned run was? Uh, three games ago. Over a month ago. There you go. Yeah. Um, just Four games. I was close. He's kind of got Jason Vargas syndrome or Vargas syndrome. Um just doesn't get beat up for some reason. The numbers are not really there from a just raw numbers perspective, like K rate, hard hit rate, fly ball rate. None of those really reflect how good of a real-life pitcher he's actually been. And you're right. He's under a three ERA at home. The guy just knows how to get things done, and he pitches perfectly for the Oakland ballpark. This is a good matchup for strikeouts, so I'm only targeting... Moncada, Abreu, and Jimenez if I'm going with anyone because he also hasn't allowed a home run in over a month. Gosh, this guy is weird.
2: <laughs> um, yeah, I don't mind the power bats. Moncada, Abreu, Jimenez, really the only guys that I'm looking at here. As far as Oakland goes, you know, I certainly don't mind looking at some of these Oakland bats. You talked about the weather being an issue. Um, Olsen, Davis, Chapman are guys that I don't mind. Um, Canna has been really good this season against Ryan and pitching kind of flying under the radar. Nobody's going to play him if you want to play him in tournaments. Um, If you're playing a bunch of teams, I don't hate that idea, but Chris Davis, 3,700, his price really stands out. You know, we have a first base position that's absolutely loaded today. Nobody's going to play Olsen at 5,100. So those would be the guys that I'd start targeting um, here um, against Ivanova.
1: Yeah, yeah, you mentioned it. Those are the three guys and Chapman and Olsen are both gonna um, probably go almost not owned at all. And plus you have the Matt Chapman can't hit his dad's, what is it? I don't even know what it was, a slider? Worst, worst home run derby pitcher of all time, FYI. Uh, but Davis is too cheap at $3,700 $3,600. Um, he was just, like, he was a little bit injured before the All-Star break, so now he has four days of rest. He could come back realistically completely healthy, and he's a much better hitter than his $3,700 price tag would tell you. So same thing as always, Chris Davis is in play, but there's a lot of cheap options today.
2: Yeah, shout-out to Pitching Ninja. Did you see him um, highlight the fastball and the the slider from Chapman's dad? (laughs) Yeah, that was – it was good stuff. All right, last game on the slate, uh, we got the Braves and the Padres. Dallas Keuchel against Den- Denelson Um Pick'em game. Keuchel finally pitched really well his last time out. Um, you know, I-, I said that I would pick on him until he had a good outing, and we kind of saw it last time out. But it was the Marlins. Seven good innings. Um, you know He's kept the home runs down. He's just back to his self. He's just going to throw a ton of ground balls here. I don't think I'll play Keuchel at 8,200, but I think that I'll probably stay away from stacking against him as well.
1: Yeah, not playing Keuchel, but I, and I generally don't stack Padres in San Diego. Um, but uh, we'll get to the bats later.
2: There's one bat that I really like from the Padres, so we'll talk about it in a minute um as far as you know lamette goes he's a guy that when, when we when we saw him before like he he's he's certainly a guy that has the strikeout ability he has strikeout upside you know when we saw him before he got hurt the problem is he's just facing a braves team that just doesn't strike out that much is this a spot we just wait and get him on his next turn
1: we don't know how late he's going to pitch in the game. He's going up against a tough opponent, and he's priced at 9.8K. Zero interest in
2: Yeah, very, very good slider. Um, the dude has a good slider. And, and like, we, we saw it. You know, it was 2017 with the Padres where he had a really good strikeout stuff. Um, you know, gave up some home runs. Like, that was his biggest issue was home runs. But... For me, it's going to be a stay away, and I'll probably get him on his next time through. And I'm actually glad that they priced him up, so I really don't have to think twice about it. Um, let's talk bats. Honestly, probably my only bat that I have interest here is Freddie Freeman. You know, we saw a lot with Lamette in 2017 with home runs, and it was mostly left-handed power bats. So Freeman would be the guy that I'd be looking at here um, for the Braves.
1: Yep, pretty much the only guy for me, too. It's not a great ballpark. Freeman's just a great hitter, and Lament is still like we only saw one outing from him since he came back from Tommy John, so he could be he could still be a little bit rusty.
2: Just schedule the tweet now, Grant. Um, Hunter Renfro goes home run.
1: Um, well, he's going to do that right after Machado does. It's going to be yeah. it's going to be back to Hosmer striking out to back to back. Like, I'll, I'll, uh, like, Keiko's not that great this year. Yes, he did fine in his last outing. Yes, he's a big ground ball guy, but these guys have power. And Tatis is going to go at no ownership. Like, you're automatically contrarian if you go with Tatis instead of Story. This is baseball. Literally, three out of 10 times, Tatis is probably going to outscore Story. He's going to come in at one, what, 20th the ownership? Um, so, Tatis is in play. Machado's too cheap at 4,100. I really like him. And then Reyes is a guy that I'll always play. But Tatis, Renfro, Machado, Reyes, all those guys can easily hit bombs. And I mean, maybe Keiko's not that great. I mean, he may have gotten into a group, but that was right before the All Star break. I guess it's been pretty much the same amount of rest. But um, let's see. Yeah, I pitched the seven, so he's pitching on normal rest. Yeah, we'll see. He did do well, but again, like big asterisks going up against Miami.
2: Telling you right now, Renfro's going yard. Yeah. well, Go ahead and, go ahead and schedule the tweet. It's happening.
1: Um, I bet that Tatis, Machado, and Reyes will all get the same amount or more home runs than Renfro.
2: Ooh. Um, all know. right. Let's, <laughs> let's play in the morning. him. <laughs> play the morning grind game and then we'll get out of here grant give me a guy under 8k to get six or more strikeouts
1: oh gosh this really pains me to say but actually it's not that painful it's vargas all
2: right i'm gonna go felix pena um give me a guy over 8k to score under 15 not in course field lament Alright. Um I think this guy's gonna be really bad. Uh give me Wayne to score under 15. Uh give me a home run, not in Cores over 4K.
1: Over oh gosh, I was about ready to do under to hit a bomb. Um I'm going Alonzo. Oh, I like that one. I mean it's pretty much a guarantee, right? If you hit, hits one every day, if you pick him every day, you win every day.
2: I'm going Renfro. He's number one on my batted ball profile model today. Uh, I'm gonna go Renfro. I really do think he's hits a home run today. Under 4K to get two hits. Who do you got? Kipnis. All right. I can't go in course. Scooters way too
1: cheap. Um, yeah, you normally don't have a shot to go in course for this question.
2: Give me a Willie Adamas uh, from the Rays. We talked about him a long time ago. He hasn't had a two-hit game in a while. He's been struggling right before the break. I think the break was good for him. I think this is going to be the spot. Gets two hits to come back from the break. Give me a stack to score six or more.
1: You said it, Tampa Bay Rays.
2: All right. I'm going to go Houston. Um, you know, We talked about them quite a bit earlier. Really like the Houston stack today. Well, we got one day back, you know, and then we get two more days off. We'll be back Monday. Grant, any final thoughts before we get out of here?
1: I've got nothing. Um, Jason Vargas is going to be the highest scoring pitcher on the slate.
2: Probably not going to happen, but on that note.
1: Most likely not going to (laughs) happen.
2: We're going to get out of here. hope everyone has an awesome Friday, has an awesome weekend. If you're looking for NASCAR content, make sure you head on over to rotogrinders.com slash NASCAR. Join me this weekend to get down for a Saturday night race. And uh, that's going to wrap it up. We'll see you guys on Monday. Good luck. See